Hi, my name is Manuel Metzger. I'm the winner of the 2016 edition of the 24-hour race at the Nürburgring. This year's edition, I'm racing with the Mercedes-AMG Team HRT in the number four Mercedes-AMG GT3. And you are listening to the GT Report podcast. Hey everyone, it's Miguel with another GT Report podcast. It's a special week this week because it's the Nürburgring 24 hours weekend. My guest on the podcast this week is none other than 2016 winner Manuel Metzger. I first met Manuel back in 2015 when he was racing the Black Falcon Porsche GT3 Cup with Gerwin Schuring. That was also the year when he shot to fame with two overall wins. First in the SLS GT3 of Black Falcon and then two weeks later together with Gerwin and Philip Eng in the GT3 Cup during what I remember as the craziest VLN race that I've ever seen. Since then Manuel has gone on to many more victories and became an integral part to Black Falcon and Haupt Racing Team's success at the Nürburgring. This weekend Manuel will be racing alongside Maro Engel, Adam Christodoulou and Lucas Stoltz aboard the number 4 Haupt Racing Team Mercedes AMG GT3. And, at least in my opinion, they are the number one candidates to win again. Hi Manuel, thank you for being on the podcast. How are you doing? Thanks, Miguel. Um, I'm doing great. Um, being well prepared for the 24-hour race, and uh, yeah, cannot wait until it uh, finally starts going. Yeah, you've had um, a really good preseason, and last year you've already uh, also won a couple of races. So, yeah, with what kind of a feeling are you going into it? Do you feel like the, do you feel like you are the number one candidate? Um, that's always hard to say if you are the top favorite or not, but for sure, um, some people see our car, the number four, as a favorite as we performed really well in the, in the preparation races. Um, we won NLS2 and won NLS3. Um, I think we had a very good chance to win also NLS5, uh, but unfortunately, Maro had a contact uh, with the left car, so we had to stop the race quite early. That was a bit of a shame. Um, no, but we are well prepared. Uh, we have a great car. Um, the team worked really good. And from the first test on, um, I felt, or every driver felt, uh, felt really good. Some took some more laps to get used to it again uh, after this long break during, um, Corona. But, um, with the preparation we had, we are all very similar in pace. And uh, I think we have a very strong lineup to, to compete for the victory. Is there any difference in the way that you have been preparing for this race as compared to last year? Because it's now, uh, on paper, it's a new team, but of course still the same people involved. So is there any difference or is it just the same? It was basically the same. Um, normally, we always have a test day on the Nordschleife separately to the NLS event. So um, usually the uh, AMG rents the Nordschleife for one day that we get some driving without traffic and then can drive a lot and test a lot. This didn't happen, unfortunately, this year because I think there was no um, no space left to rent the track. 
Um, this was the only difference because there you can uh, can train like quali runs and stuff without the traffic for the top qualifying. Um, which, by the way, we still have to qualify. <laughs> but uh, other than that, it was it was the same um, for me personally as a preparation. I think I'm fitter than ever because I had more time than ever to do sports, as we had the the COVID break. Um, fortunately, in Switzerland, we could go out. And didn't have a lockdown, so I did a lot of cycling, went to the gym, and uh, um, yeah, personally feel very ready um, for the for the next couple of days. So you're uh, you're like a Hulk now. No, I don't really look like a Hulk. <laughs> Maybe my my legs look more like a Hulk. <laughs> I think yeah, I look I look the same. I I lost like one or two kilos in weight because of doing long bike rides, which which. Uh, which uh, loses some weight, but for sure this will not be an uh, advantage <laughs> or a big advantage. No, maybe you can press the the, the throttle a little bit harder, but yeah, yeah exactly. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, in 2016 you actually won the race. And what are some of the most memorable moments of that race? Of course, other than crossing the finish line. Um, yeah, for me it was basically being on the car was one of the most memorable things. Uh, even before, when when they told me in the end of 15 that I can do some some uh, test races, let's say in the SLS of Black Falcon, to see if I'm uh, if I'm if I'm good for a possible works entry in 16, um, this was already um, quite a big step for me. And then to finally get the call that I can drive with Bernd Schneider, Maro Engel, and uh, Adam Christodoulou. Um, was a big honor for me to be on that car, and um, uh, yeah, from the beginning on, we had a very good. Um, we worked very well together. Did a lot of data that I get got to speed quickly. Uh, for me, the most memorable thing um, in during the race was uh, I had a night stint, a double stint, um, when the track started to dry. I went out first with rain tires, got overtaken by one or two cars. Uh, didn't felt too good then the track started to dry i went to slicks overtook all the cars back and uh, overtook way more <laughs> and catch some other mercedes very quickly um this was a very nice stint where i gained a lot of time on on, on all the competitors and also then in the morning i had a stint where the track was uh, fairly empty when i had two or three laps where i could do possibly the best lap time of the race but as you always have some traffic um, I catched up big traffic here and there, but I did some protectors there in the morning. Um, and this was just a great feeling to kind of fly through the competition and, and gain lap time and then making, um, making one big, um, step towards the goal. And of course, the last, uh, last hour was pretty memorable because I had the stint, um, the penultimate stint. So I, I left the car and handed over to Maro, and then I was sitting in the pits, getting uh, um, cooling down from my stand, and was seeing like, okay, we're running P4, but we don't have to pit again. They all have to pit. Hmm. Maybe we can win this race. I thought. So uh, um, this was the yeah the most most memorable thing, the last hour, and then when Maro overtook the HTP Mercedes, uh, yeah, just uh, great memories to to um, to remember. Yeah, after that pass, you you won the race. What's that win? Did it completely change how your racing career went? Um, 
not big time to be honest. I expected uh, maybe to get a bit more attention with other manufacturers or so, but this didn't really happen. What happened was that I got a contract with ANG. There was I was very happy that they um, signed me for the at least for the Nürburgring races. So since then I'm a I'm a I'm a fixed part of the Nürburgring program. Um, this uh, is for sure one thing that changed that I um, finally was earning money for racing. Um, this this was the biggest um, change. This this. Uh, this race made for me or this race win and it's really starting to to pay off all the time and effort that you spent into racing yeah sure and also i i took the decision 2015 to stop my normal job because until that i was uh, i was doing a normal job i had a normal job and um, i was studying during the job so i, I was working 80 percent and uh, had two half days of school um, to do a, like a technician degree in Switzerland. And, um, yeah, I had to travel to work an hour each time. So my day was really packed. Plus I had racing back then with Herwin, um, in the SP7 Porsche, um, which I committed to the whole season, which was 10 races. Um, so the time for everything else, for free time and my girlfriend got a bit less. So we I, I wanted to ask, uh, my, my, um, my company that I can work less, but it didn't want it that. So they said, uh, you can, you, you must stay on 80%. So, um, I was discussing with my girlfriend, uh, how, how we should go on. And she said, uh, take the risk, go for racing, finish your, your, your technician degree, which I did in 15. And I concentrated on racing, which in the end paid off by that time because I got the chance then to, to uh, really perform well and to concentrate on racing and from then on um, I had I had really good success also I think last year or not I think it was it was my best year 2019 um, 24 hour race was not the best because we we, we crashed uh, at 11 o'clock leading the race but all the rest of the season was great I was racing in Asia I helped my team um, teammate to got champion there in the Blomper Asia and also here with Patrick Assenheimer, I won two or three races. Um, so it was really, really a good year. And uh, yeah, it paid off to do that decision in 15 to to concentrate on racing and do it full time. Yeah, big risk, but like you said, it paid off. Tell me about the craziest thing you've ever experienced in the 24 hours, inside or outside of the car? Um, inside the car was for sure... Um, 2018, the the rain in the nighttime, um, because before I always was driving in dry conditions in nighttime, but then um, going into the car, knowing okay it will rain heavily, and I was the first one going out on rain tires. Um, I was very nervous and uh, not sure what how I will perform, how will it be. Because uh, I think on Thursday in the in one of the free practices we also had rain, and I didn't feel very comfortable with the car and uh, didn't have a lot of uh, um, safety, let's say. Um, but then at nighttime I went in and the, the circumstances were just perfect. I went out of the concrete track, did a few corners and felt wow, this feels great. Uh, let's let's see how it is in the Nordschleife, and it went on feeling great. 
So immediately I had a lot of, uh, um, a lot of confidence and uh, started to push. That's also where I overtook leads then on the outside in, in miss hit miss. Um, that was for sure the craziest, um, the craziest thing because later on it started raining more and more and more. And, uh, it was really hard to keep temperature in the tire because if you slow down on some points, you have to because you just aquaplane off the street. Um, but if you slow down, the temperature of the tire goes down, the pressures go down, then you get even more aquaplaning. Um, so this, this was really not easy to keep the car on the track there. This for sure was crazy. And from outside of the car, it was also again in 16 where we had this big rain and hailstorm in the beginning of the race. Um, I remember standing in the pit lane and, uh, it was basically quite a nice atmosphere. <laughs> the sun was shining a bit. There were some clouds. And then you saw these TV pictures from, uh, Schwedenkreuz and you were thinking, what, what's going on? Is this, uh, can it be that it's, the weather is that, uh, difficult, uh, different there? Um, yeah, that, that was for me the craziest thing to watch from the outside. How, how the conditions change that quickly and, uh, Again, makes you um, makes you have a lot of respect and uh, and uh, um, yeah, just respect from the notch life because this can also happen and the we- at the weekend that you run with slicks and uh, in the middle of the forest uh, you have a rainstorm or a rain a rain shower or whatever or or a hailstorm <laughs> you know, no, no. or fog I don't know name it <laughs> oh yeah oh everything. Everything is possible at the Nürburgring. It can be scorching hot, and then the next moment it can be. Can be yeah, maybe a deer. I saw on Instagram story uh, this week from Moritz Kranz. He was instructing for the Nürburgring here, uh, where there was a big deer on track. <laughs> and because it's we're getting closer to autumn, I think yeah. we yeah. have more of these animals um, coming coming out. Yeah. So let's see. <laughs> what will mm. happen the weekend? Yeah, not uh, yeah. There aren't fences all around the track, so that, <laughs> that could be a problem. But uh, let's let's hope your craziest experience is um, still the rain. That's yeah. I, I hope it stays like <laughs> that's that's probably the safest. <laughs> Maybe it snows this weekend. I don't know. We have five degrees. Could be. It's going to be cold. It's going to be rainy. What what has been the biggest heartbreak for you at 24 hours? Was that last year or maybe the year before or something else? No, it was for sure 2018 um, when we were leading the race ahead of Mantai with like four and a half minutes and then had the red flag. This for sure was the most heartbreak because I think we we deserved the win. Um, for sure, we were not fast enough then in the last hour. Um yeah, but that felt quite bad to be second. I mean, I was still happy with second. If you come second in the 24 hours at Nürburgring, it's still a great, great effort. I think uh, other drivers fight uh, their whole career to get on the podium. And um, to be second then is still a great achievement. But the circumstances, how it happened, um, yeah, I still felt sad the, the days after um, because we were always fast, we were always in front. And uh, yeah, then this happened, so... But that's the things you cannot really um, control and you have to take them and that's racing. And in the end, just Mantai was quicker in the rain and so you have to accept it. Yeah, just uh, the only problem really was that they had a penalty, but that was negated because of the red flag. And that's how they, yeah, that must make it 
extra painful maybe because otherwise if nothing crazy would have happened you would have won the race yeah and also how they they stopped the race because of fog and heavy rain and when they restarted the race it was still foggy i think it was even more fog than before and it was even yeah. more rain than before so for me it was just uh it was just continuing for the tv to make a great show which it was because it was just us two fighting for the win as we were one lap ahead of the rest yeah. um for the for the spectator it was great it was also great to watch for us racing drivers um yeah but for safety reasons um i think it was not a great decision to start again yeah that's uh yeah let's leave it at that <laughs> Uh, um, what are some of the small things during the race that makes you smile that makes you just happy to be there the whole team um, the whole team effort I mean we drivers we have to work together but also the mechanics the team management the engineering everything has to come together and we have to have a like a good mood the whole weekend um, and we try to keep that up also if you have some setbacks um, that that uh, will come here and there because maybe one driver needs a stint to get into his rhythm and is not performing well. Um, then you need to to cheer him up to to get some uh, some self confidence to get up to speed. And uh, yeah, just the the atmosphere in between us uh, as drivers. We have we have uh, three cars here at the weekend. Um, we didn't change a lot the 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 teams so since two or three years we have mainly the same driver uh, combinations or the same driver pool let's say so we know each other really well and uh, yeah it's always a nice atmosphere and um, especially with us in the team um, i have luca now in the team luca stolz he he went from the second place car last year to our car um, i'm a really good friend with him since since one or two years we cycle a lot together and texting every day um on whatsapp so um yeah it's just good to be with friends at the weekends also um i'm not racing this year so i'm good to leave my home let's say to meet my friends at the racetrack um yeah this is what me what makes me smile definitely to to just be back uh at the place with the people um i like to be together and then have a good time can you kind of feel from the mood within the team what kind of a, a race it's going to be if you're going to be successful or if if it's just not going to be what you had hoped for not from the beginning on i think uh, yet now for the weekend we have to see how we start how it, if we perform well from the beginning on um, we we for sure have a good mood but if we are like just in the midfield then yeah you have to motivate yourself and find find these 10th or 2nd what's missing but you feel straight away that uh, how the mood is but normally like I said the mood is great because everybody's looking forward to race and to be here and to do the, the thing we love the most that's racing how would you describe the driving style of each of your co-drivers um, we are quite similar to be honest and um Especially this year, I adapted a few things um, from Mauro, let's say, or from Mauro because he's very gentle on the steering, very easy. Also, Luca. Um, here and there, I was a bit more rough with my steering input, so I, I, I changed a bit that. 
Um, for sure, from all of us drivers, Mauro is the one that uh, I would say is the most aggressive in in, in traffic and overtaking, um, which he um, <laughs> showed quite often, I think. Um, not just the Nürburgring, also Macau and the other races, you have to really be aggressive to make up spots and then... And, uh, and uh, be up front. Um, so therefore, I'm really happy we have him in the team. Also, um, for top qualifying, he's just exceptionally at this because he, in 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 a normal race, we are quite similar in pace. But I think I couldn't do what Maro does in top quality because there he just gets everything together on one point, and that makes him so. So good for these top qualifyings. I think from the last four years, he had two or three times pole. Um, let's say five years, he had two times or three times pole. And, um, that's because he just, he's Maro. He, he's, he's delivering here no matter the, the conditions and whatever. So he's just, he's just there and performing. And your other teammates? Yeah, other. they're kind of like me. Uh, yeah. Luca and Luca and Adam. Um, I think we are very similar. We don't take a lot of risk in traffic. Yeah, Adam had this unfortunate moment last year when he collided with another car, but that's also like bad luck. I mean, that could also happen to, to me or Luca or whoever. Um, if you commit and you think it will work, there's a lot of space and the other car does a thing you don't expect, then it's just uh, bad luck because you have to, to decide within tenth of a second what you do. And half a second later, you find out, okay, that was the wrong decision. <laughs> and you mm. cannot change a lot. So I think we are quite similar. We are all very calm. We are not too emotional. Uh, nobody freaks out on the radio because of some some lap car or whatever, because we just know it doesn't make sense to complain about traffic and, and having yellows and stuff, because all the others have too. So therefore, I think we are uh, we are a very relaxed driver pairing and that also makes us so strong that we are calm and that we are not uh, complaining about every little detail because we're just taking it and try to drive around it and, and make the best of it. So you, you've learned some things from Maro. Do you do that often to take some aspects of, of someone else's driving style and, and try it out yourself to see if it works? Yeah, that's also what the others do and I think car number four especially good also NLS 5, we had the test day in the morning. We were all four really, really quick. We were two or three seconds faster than the other two cars. And at 10 o'clock or half past 10, we were still all four in the truck looking at data and video of ourselves, of every other driver from us to see where does Adam corner better, where does I corner better, where's Maro a bit better, that we can maximize all our performance. And I think this is a, this is a big... Uh, big advantage of us for that we, we we don't stop working even if we are already really quick we want to get the best out of it because the notch life is that long there's always corners where the other one is quicker or where i'm quicker than others because of driving style or i like the corners more or whatever so um maro could learn from me in a few corners i could learn from maro i can learn from luca he can learn from me and with adam the same so everybody can learn from everybody and uh I think that's that's a, a main thing in endurance racing that you have to consider as a driver. And it's not about you. It's about the team. And then you also 
have to um, to work together and, and be self. Um, how do you say? Self-improving. Yeah, self-improving, and you have to will to self-improve to get faster. Does it then also help that you have the core group of, of drivers, you, uh, Maro, and Adam, and then uh, over the past few years you've rotated since um, since Ben Schneider, since he retired, you've had Yelmer, you had um, uh, Dirk Muller, of course, and now you have Lucas Stolz. Does that help to have the same drivers, but still have some new people come in? Yeah, for sure that helps, because you know how the others work, how they how they behave, and uh, yeah, this makes it a lot easier that we have this core um, core driver lineup. When I when I when I thought about my 24-hour history, it's my 10th race this year, um, my 10th 24-hour race here at the Nurburgring. Um, then I thought, shit, since 15, it's Adam and Maro I'm always joining. So it's the fifth year or the fifth race, half of my races I did with Maro and Luca and and, and Adam. <laughs> this is crazy. I mean, uh, yeah. I don't. I, I don't think there's another driver pairing in the field that did five races together. And um, I think that's also an aspect that uh, makes us really good as a team. From the from from your teammates, who did who you have not raced the GT3s with, um, which one of them did you learn the most from or did you have, have the most fun with? Um, with Gabriele Piana, it's always fun. We never did a race together. We were always on other cars in the same team. Um, so with, with him, it's always a good, uh, good and fun time. And yeah, but maybe, I mean, as we are always within the same bubble, let's say, um, it's, it's kind of the Black Falcon or HRT drivers, uh, which, uh, which you always have contact. For sure, within AMG, you always have contract, uh, contact with, uh, with Lello, for example, with Raffaele Marcello. He's a fun guy and good to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but other than that, you concentrate on your weekend and on your work, and therefore you stay kind of within the team and uh, having fun with the guys in the team. So this weekend it will be held without fans around the Nordschleife, but there are some fans allowed on the GP track. Um, in which ways does that change the racing itself? Without the fireworks, without the fire, without the, the light around the track, does that change the racing itself? I think it will be really special. Um, first of all, the night time will be longer as we are later in the year. So I think we can expect 10 to 11 hours of, of darkness. It will be more dark than in May because normally it's just six to eight hours. It's not even full dark. And without having any lights on track, this for sure will be different. Um, I think I know it from Dubai. This Dubai also, there's no, no light around the track, but it's not in the middle of the forest <laughs> where you normally have these lights and you have the barbecues, uh, you have the fireworks at nighttime. Um, this for sure will be very, very special. And also the fact that we just have 100 cars, around 100 cars is special. So there will be uh, less overtaking. Um, the race will be quicker. Um, yeah, it will just be, it will be a special race for sure. Also, the, 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 the travel to here was special because normally when you arrive Tuesday or Wednesday, the whole track is already packed with campers and fans and it was just empty. So, uh, yeah, it's really weird. Mm-hmm. And there's not, uh, not, not a racing day in Aden now, so it saves you a lot of time, I guess. Yeah, but still, it's, it was a, it would have been today. Today is Wednesday. Um, 
we have time on Wednesday, so it was always a good thing to go there to to, to show the cars to the fans, to to do an interview on the on the stage, to to hand out some autograph cards. Um, I mean, that's also part of of the 24 hour Nurburgring, and uh, that this doesn't happen uh, is also pretty sad. Also, the the iconic photo of the of the pre grid um, ahead of Saturday's race is always like going around the world. Um, this won't be the same as well. It will be quite empty with, with just uh, spectators on the Grand Prix track. At least this is possible. I don't know the number they allow. Um, 4,000, I believe. 4,000. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I didn't read the number. I just saw that they have the the the, the grandstands open, but uh, I didn't see a number. I was hoping for a bit more because they just announced that Formula 1 can have 20,000. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was hoping to have a bit more, but yeah, it is what it is. Uh, at least some fans can be here and uh, can enjoy at least the grumpy track. But on the other hand, um, Vige and RTL Nitro, they they do a great job in uh, in presenting the 24-hour race completely live, I think, on RTL Nitro in television. And for sure, there will be a web live stream. With many onboard cameras, helicopters, um, so I think still there's a, is a good uh, good broadcast uh, will be made um, throughout the world to to be uh, be part of it. Mm-hmm. It's up to you to make the show now. It's not uh, not about the party anymore. <laughs> I think you, there will be a show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, looking forward to that. What what else what else is different this year in terms of the racing? You have to wear a mask. You have to keep distance. Um, this is for sure different. Uh, all the the surrounding is different. Um, you don't go uh, to the administration and stuff like this. Uh, so the small details um, make it different. There are no guests allowed. Normally I have my family here, my girlfriend and my daughter. Um, they were not allowed to come, um, which also gives you kind of support to have them here. And... Um, to speak about one or the other thing, which uh, maybe um, is on your mind. So, so this has to be uh, done by phone. Um, that's that's the main difference for me. Who do you think your biggest competitors will be this weekend? Yeah, unfortunately, the Porsche guys cannot be here because they had these COVID uh, cases within the crew in um, in Le Mans. So they didn't send nine of the works drivers. Um, if they would be here, for sure, the Grello and uh, one of the Fricadelli cars would have been uh, a big competition. Um, Audi, for sure, is really strong. They they showed great performances in the NLS races. They have a two or three really, really good cars. Um, for me, the car with Bortolotti, I don't know the full lineup. Bortolotti, mm-hmm. Freins, Winkelhock, Hase, I think, is it? This car. Uh, you saw, yeah. Yeah, I think this car is a big threat. Um, also, the Rover BMWs, they're always quick. Um, yeah, so for me, there's eight to ten cars which can win it. Also, the Ferrari, you don't know, they, they were performing really well in the, the NLS races. Um, they just have a different tire partner. They have Goodyear, so I don't know how their wet tires are, how they will work. Also, for us, it will be special because... At these low temperatures, I also don't know how the, good the Michelin works. Um, this we will see if it really rains, but I guess so. <laughs> um, 
yeah, so for sure Audi and BMW are the most, uh, the most, the most, uh, or the biggest threats. But still, Porsche, um, there's one KCMG car, um, and also one Frigadelica, which, which also could, could play a role, so. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for sure, with, within AMG, it's the Gatsby car, uh, yeah. with Marcello, Schiller, Götz and Hook. Um, so these, these cars are the main threats or the main competitors, competitors. It, it maybe even looks like the number 31 Porsche, uh, from Frikadelli, the Porsche, it might have, uh, now that they've changed the lineup, maybe it's just as strong as before with, uh, Lascan, Yamine, uh, who else, uh, Lance and Maxime Martin. Yeah, exactly. But it's not like, yeah, Porsche especially got the red, the Porsche is very good. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I think there's still, yeah, of course they are not as good as before, but they're still strong. So we we should also keep them in mind for sure. And we shouldn't talk about the balance of performance, but if you have to be honest, and the the AMG's BOP, it it it's good right now, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. Um, I I looked at the sheet yesterday. I compared it to 2019. We even have a smaller restrictor, and all the other cars are roughly the same. They're even lighter. Um, Audi's. 10 kilos or 15 kilos lighter than last year as they won the race. Um, Porsche is even 25 kilos lighter than last year, but have a smaller restrictor. We have the same weight as last year and have a smaller restrictor. Um, BMW has a bigger restrictor and less weight. So it looks, looks a bit strange to me, but, uh, in the NLS races, we were there, we were fast. Um, so we cannot complain about the BOP. Um, if you win two races, out of three you started um, I think there's no need to complain (laughs) it's going to be very rainy this weekend Um, it's only going to to add to the challenge so what is it going to take to win the race for sure some luck Um, if you have conditions like this I mean if it rains for 24 hours then it's the same for everybody but uh, for sure on some point it will stop raining could dry out um, could start again then you just need to be lucky to have the, a good spot on the track to maybe make the right decision to go into the track. I mean, if it starts raining like it did in 17, the last hour, and you just pass, pass the pit lane and it starts raining, you have to do one lap with slicks. If you're three minutes behind and you see, okay, it starts raining and you go in, <laughs> you gain. So therefore, you have to be a bit lucky. You have to anticipate right. Um, and you just... I think the main thing is just to keep the car on the track. Uh, we saw that last year, um, we were pushing like hell the first six hours. If you just take it a little bit more easy, um, surviving the nighttime, a lot of cars are out anyway because of pushing too much, having crashes or whatever technical stuff. Um, this showed the last five years I did now that when you drive through the race without a scratch on the car, with a good pace, you can always fight for the top three or top five. And that's the main thing. Just drive, keep the car on the track, do no mistakes, and then normally you are you are within the top three. And then you need a little bit of luck to win. Yeah. You always need luck. I mean, uh, we had luck in 16. That uh, We had a bad quality in 16. We were starting P23 or so. Then at the restart, Bernd did the restart in the rain. He catched a lot of places. And then we just could catch up, catch up, catch up. And in the end, we were lucky 
that we were out of sequence once because we had a loose wheel. We had to stop earlier, and this made us being out of sequence to the others to finish the race without an extra pit stop. This is also luck. Uh, I mean, you always need luck to, to, to win a race. You can do a lot yourself, but in the end, you still still need a bit of luck to uh, to make this or that decision right or be at the right point on the track or maybe don't get a code 60, which others had. Or I don't know. There's a lot of things here to to consider. Sometimes you you end you you have some bad luck and it ends up being a lucky shot. Yeah, can also be. I mean, it can turn into your favor. Like I said, in, in 16, we had a, a te- technical thing, had to pit earlier than planned and thought, okay, now it's it's over anyway. But therefore, as the race turned out to be slower than expected, we could save a pit stop. So this, you never know what what, uh, what it will be good for if you have something. For sure, if you have a, a bigger problem and you have to pit and have to repair, this for sure will ruin your race. But all the other stuff... Uh, can be also to your advantage. Therefore, I say you need to drive through without any incident, without any penalty, and then you're sorted well. Manuel Metzger, thank you very much for your time and for your insights, and I wish you very much luck and have fun this weekend. Thank you. Again, a big thank you to Manuel. And if you want to follow him and a number of other drivers, including Lars Kern, Tim Sheerbart and David Pittard, from up close to hearing the 24 hours of the Nürburgring, then head over to GT Report and keep an eye out for our race preview and report, where they will give regular updates on how their race is going. Thank you for listening and until next time.